Hello, everybody. Welcome to World One One Podcast. I am your host, Eddie V. Thank you guys for joining us. Today, I have my co-host, Mr. Larry Giver. Morning. And Mr. Adrian Nieto. Simon stole my cake. Oh, oh. hold on. That's for a different podcast. Yeah, I need a cash for this. <laughs> and we're just going to be having a good discussion about retro games and current games and um, offbeat topics and random talk. Uh, but how'd you guys doing? How was your weekend? Uh, generally uneventful. Spent it working. Adrian? Yeah, that's pretty much my weekend as well. Um, although we just lost an hour today for the because of the time change. Uh, uh, I'm so annoyed by that. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I spent most of mine playing uh, Paper Mario 1000 Year Door for the GameCube for the first time. Um, yes, I've seen that. Game. Sorry? I've seen that. I've seen that picture, and I got kind of happy. I'm like, yay! <laughs> so, no, yeah, it's, it's Oh, go ahead. Well. No, no, that's, that's all I was <laughs> So, um, what... Before we start the show, uh, we were just having a random discussion about uh, some older games and, uh, you know, some arcade games and stuff. And I want to ask you guys, uh, starting off the conversation, um, what have you been working on in your backlog? Or what have you guys been playing? Um, I could actually say I started uh, Yakuza 5. Um, it took me a three hour download to get that game working, but I'm like on chapter three. So I'm working my way through that game. Cause I like the Yakuza five, uh, series, but I'm going to be starting my Wii U backlog and start going through, um, Twilight Princess HD, Wind Waker, like really finishing a whole bunch of games while still spending a whole bunch of time grinding in Pokemon. Uh, what about you guys? Um, I just finally got to start playing through uh, Twilight Princess Wii U. Um, I have not, unfortunately, had a, a whole lot of time to sink into it. I'm somewhere in the middle of getting the first batch of tears, so just trying to get out of uh, wolf form. Um, beyond that, slowly chipping away at New and Tasty uh, on Wii U as well. Um, just saw, too, that they're... There's supposed to be an announcement coming, it looks like, Monday from the Oddworld Bunch. Um, and my guess is they're, they're probably going to be putting out a date for uh, the rework of Exodus. So, Ooh. looking forward to seeing that tomorrow. Uh, in my case, I've been playing, uh, like I just mentioned, uh, Thousand Year Door Paper Mario on the GameCube. Um, I decided to start playing on Friday. Uh, I have... Two, three hours on it, um, and it's fantastic. I love the Paper Mario series. I love the original Paper Mario series, not the new stuff. The new stuff is weird. Um, so yeah, like I don't have enough time to play more than one or two games at a time. So that's my backlog. That's the one that I'm playing for my backlog right now, and it's making me really happy. I know. I need to finish the uh, N64 version. I have it on my Wii. Um, but I need to get back into play. I got a lot of games on my Wii that I need to finish. Uh, I still, I wonder if the Castlevania Rebirth is still available. Because I love the Contra Rebirth. That one was really nice. Um, that's where Konami made, like, really good 2D games. Uh, I don't know how you guys feel about that. Well, well when I got into was Contra 4 on the DS, and I had a ball with it. 
Yeah, and in my case, in my case, when Contra was at its peak, I was too little to play Contra games. Oh, you have, never played them. You have. I, I'm yeah. sorry, but yeah, like I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm the, the younger one here, so like, well, I mean, I guess I did play Contra, but I played when I was, I don't know, like 16 already. The first many, Contra. Many, yeah, the first Contra. Oh, the first Contra. <laughs> Yeah, and that was, uh, what, 10 years ago, something like that right now? And, um, I mean, it's fun. I like them, but I, I, I can't say, oh, yeah, that's when uh, Konami used to do good 2D games because I have nothing else to compare it to. Like, I don't think, besides that and Castlevania, I, which other 2D uh, Konami games are are there? Um, uh, uh, Turtles, the arcade game for NES. Uh... I'll say all the Turtle stuff from back in the heyday. Yeah. Oh, the Konami, uh, I didn't know that Konami did the Konami uh, games. Oh, yeah, they, sure uh, they were originally published under the, the heading of Ultra, but it was a, a subsidiary owned by Konami, and they did it at the time because Nintendo had a, a cap on how much stuff a company could publish out on their system at the time in order to try and encourage quality control, and so Konami published it under a, a different company name, to get around that. Okay, that's uh, that's actually pretty interesting. The the TMNT games were well, I mean, like I liked them. Uh, I can't really speak much for the NES days, even though I've played a couple of them. I'm sure of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Turtles in Time, which was arcade and uh, As- Super Nintendo, Super Nintendo. Nintendo. Yeah, yeah, Super Nintendo uh, was the best version out of it. Uh, the arcade was fine, but like the Super Nintendo had like more levels. Um, and I no think it just played more. Oh, I play, I I beat it at my friend's house on every level, uh, without um changing the man. And then I asked when I asked for my Super Nintendo for Christmas, I asked my mom to get that as my first game, even though I beat it like multiple times. Nice. So, and then uh. Turtles uh, Tournament Fighters came out. Uh, that's when I really got into like fighting games, like after Street Fighter Two and Mortal Kombat. Um, like Tournament Fighters was like the best one on Super Nintendo. I didn't. I got the Sega Genesis version, but that was like muddy and the controls were not good. Like they trying to go for like a comic book feel for it. Um, I did play Hyperstone Heist also for the Sega Genesis. Like, RKB Toy Store used to have, like, a lot of Sega Genesis games for, like, $19.99. And if I had a Sega CD, I would have took Snatcher over Rama Half for the Super Nintendo. That's incredible. So. And the good old days. I don't, I don't remember these days, though. Yeah, it was a shock. I have fond memories as a child, uh, Growing up playing uh, the the third one on the NES, uh, the Manhattan Project. That one I have not favorite. played. Loved Manhattan Project. Uh, I should have played that one. So um, we're going to get uh, to our, our first topic um, that I posted to the guys. And you guys uh, who are listening to it, I'll give you an email later. And I kind of want to hear what you guys think about it. Um, I asked the question with... Uh, 
Nintendo showing what they have planned for the Nintendo Direct. Uh, we kind of know what they're planning for uh, this spring and summer, like from actually from January until June. You know, we got ton of great games coming, um, but we don't know what Microsoft and Sony has coming. Microsoft has Cuphead, and then after that, we really don't know. Sony has Uncharted Four, and then after that, we really don't know. Like, are we should be we? Be worried for Sony and Microsoft where after they have, you know, have their big releases or, you know, do we wait to E3 to actually see what they got going for the rest of the year? I think we still know what a lot of what Sony has coming because so much of what they showed at E3 last year has yet to materialize on a store shelf anywhere. You know, going down the list, Guardian, uh, Shenmue 3, uh, what the hell was that dream game that they they showed that looked really cool, but still have no idea what the hell it actually is or what you do? But oh, the one it from, looked uh, neat. Media Molecule, yeah, yeah. You know, it, it looked awesome. You know, and these games are nowhere yet on a store shelf that I can pick it up and you know play it. That means they've got to still be coming somewhere, and I'm willing to bet you they're gonna you know touch on that again. Not to mention, I'm sure as we draw ever closer to Final Fantasy VII, you know, that's going to get played up more. Um, and over on the Microsoft side, I know you and I were speaking yesterday, and, you know, the let's let's start with the obvious. They're going to trounce out, you know, Call of Duty, what the fuck we're ever on now, as, you know, like it's their own console exclusive. Not that it is, but, you know, let's act like it, and maybe somebody will buy into the bullshit. And uh, on top of that, the the other one they showed that I was really curious to check out, um, just from A, seeing it, and B, seeing who's working on it, um, is Core. Mm -hmm. Or, I'm sorry, ReCore. ReCore. ReCore, And it looks spectacular. I like the idea. I liked what I saw. And I'm very excited because of the people that are working on it. So, I... I, That was pushed back, though. Say what? That was pushed back, though. Exactly. So again, here's something that they can trounce out again for a second year in a row to to beef up their show, and uh, you know the, these are things that we know we can expect to see coming. Um, you know, and on top of that, on top of uh, Cuphead, um, and if I'm not mistaken, I'm sure one of the two of them is likely to show a drift because that can't be far out at this point, which also looks spectacular. So. And there's also No Man's Sky coming in June for uh, PS4. Uh, well, yeah, but, but isn't E3 in July, though? Uh, E3's in June. E3, I think it's the that. second week of June. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, you're right, you're right, you're right. So, I actually, you know what's weird? I think, if I'm not mistaken, uh, No Man's Sky is coming out around the same time as E3. That is a weird release date. Yeah, but... It's kind of weird that, you know, we know, like, we know what Nintendo is giving us. So, of course, like, definitely for me, that's $500 plus, like, out of my pocket. I, the only game that I'm looking, well, besides the Division, I got to pick that up. The only game that I'm planning to get for Xbox One is Cuphead at the moment. And then for uh, uh, PlayStation 4 is Uncharted 4. Um no Man's Sky doesn't kind of interest me just yet, uh, till I find out more. But you know, 
uh, Horizon Red Dawn. Like, uh, hopefully, when they show more of that, that we get a date for that. Um, the Last Guardian, we need to get a date for that because I feel like those games are probably coming out in the fall or in the winter. But it's very sparse. Like, definitely for like third party, I'm like, how is Sony selling all these PlayStation Four systems? And there's not really a lot of games coming out quick enough for it. Uh, it's easy because it's the new thing that everybody has and everybody wants, and that's what moves units. Every time Apple releases a new iPhone, it's not because it's great. Says the guy that has an iPhone, so I'm gonna clarify that. It's not because they're great; it's because it, they're they're a brand, right? And yes. whenever they announce a new iPhone, everybody goes like, "Oh, dude, there's a new iPhone coming," and that. Oh, dude, there's a new iPhone coming feeling starts to spread out across friends and family and stuff like that. People line up. Uh, they, they get the things right away. Uh, they're early adopters. And it's the same thing with the PS4, right? Like when the PS4 and the Xbox One were coming out, they came out fairly uh, close to each other, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, we had more pre-orders for PS4 because it was that everybody wanted to have a PS4 just because like, hey has a better RAM memory, it has uh, the hard drive space, you can change it if you want, uh, it has more, more powerful graphics, it's 1080p, blah, 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 and I already like, just bite out of that, and they were like, yep, then I'm getting a PS4, and it's still the same thing going on. I really still wants to get the new iPhone in gaming, which is the PS4, really. I think at this point, the uh, big thing driving the PS4 is that it's it's been out long enough now, and there's enough out there for it that people are finally looking at, a, at the catalog, going, okay, now it's worth investing in because I don't have to wait for things to trickle out. I can buy a PS4 and a good handful of games to keep me busy for three months because it's all out now. And a lot of those games, you know, they haven't played yet, uh-huh. have dropped in price over the last year or so. Yes. And they can get them for a reason, you know, for fairly cheap. But I, I would, uh, I, I would kind of say that, for me personally, the Xbox One has a better advantage over the PlayStation Four, uh, and not because of games. Definitely, for me, it became the hard drive. Where uh, I talked to one of the Microsoft reps, and it's like, well, uh, actually, Xbox One, you could go up to a five terabyte external hard drive to store your games, to store your data. And I was just like, wait, when did they upgrade it to 5 terabyte? He's just like, with the latest, uh, latest update. This was a couple of months back. And Sony still hasn't done that. And I think if Sony would have did that first before Microsoft, it would be better. Like, it would, it would, you wouldn't have to do all of that hard work trying to replace the hard drive. Um, oh, I, I actually have to counterpoint that. I'm, I'm not... I'm not in behalf of Sony or Microsoft. I I am a known Nintendo fanboy. Of course. Well, not really fanboy. I don't think I don't think I I borderline fanboy. I'm just a, like I'm um, a Nintendo supporter. That's, that's the, probably the best way. You're head of right? the NBC Video Game Book Club, where you can find us on Facebook. <laughs> exactly. And go. Yeah, exactly. Uh, no, but um, changing the hard drive on a PS4 or a PS3, for that matter, is not really that hard. It's not as hard as you think. Um, I got the one of the fat PS3s that first came out, uh-huh. um, an 80 gig one, and it took me like hmm, I don't know 
five years to uh, to fill the hard drive. And I was like, you know what? I think it's it's time to upgrade. Um, so I did the easy thing. I went and got myself a 500 gig um, hard drive. Uh-huh. It was super easy. You just take a plate, then unscrew it, whoop, take it out, put the new one in, whoop, and then use USB to install the software, and you're good to go. That's but, that's all you need. But I think it's easier to just be like plug in, connect, optimize. Yes. Done. So when you when when you compare, okay, I'm getting a five terabyte external hard drive uh-huh. to I'm getting a five terabyte hard drive, just the hard drive. Money wise, you're saving yourself like a hundred bucks or so. Well, yeah, um, but I was actually shocked that Microsoft even allowed the 5 terabyte. I think because definitely with the library that both PlayStation 4 and Xbox have, um, the installation still for those two systems takes forever in the day. Um, like, you could play the, oh, goodness, you could probably watch the whole um, Lord of the Rings trilogy and Destiny <laughs> would still be downloading uh, for both systems. Like, that. that kind of that download that takes forever but i i think with an external hard drive uh and i know this is kind of getting away from the topic of what we uh talking about uh i think it benefits more on microsoft parts with their hard drive with the games that they have and most sales that happen for video games um when it comes to the playstation 4 and xbox one it would just be better to get it for xbox one because of no, sometimes they'll have like maybe twenty dollars off of it because people are not buying it for Xbox One compared to like maybe ten dollars off for PlayStation Four. You know. Yeah, I, I I agree, but yeah, like you said, if let's try to get it back into topic, um, E three lineup for for both uh, Microsoft and Sony. I agree with uh, everything you guys said. Yeah, we'll probably see another Call of Duty. Uh, we'll probably see more Final Fantasy Seven. Um, Titanfall 2, I think it's been rumored for a while, so that might be coming for Microsoft. Um, yeah, that's what a, else? They, what else? That is, they get the exclusive from EA uh, with Titanfall 2. Yeah, exactly. Um, Record with, yeah, exactly. Like, we may see uh, some of those stuff again. Honestly, I, I don't know what I'm expecting uh, from them. I don't know if there is a. Uh, one game in particular that I'm saying, like, hey, I hope they announce this. I hope Mighty Number no. Nine gets released before then. That's probably all I can say. If I see that another E3, I'm gonna lose my mind. Isn't this supposed to be uh, next month in April? Uh, no, I think it got pushed again, Larry. I haven't kept up on it. I I, I want to play it, and at this point. It's been moved around so much. I quit caring until it's somewhere on a shop channel and I can buy it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, yeah. I, I don't care. Put it in front of me, I'll play it. But right now, I quit trying to keep up with your bullshit. Yeah, I think I think in my case, it's going to be something like, oh, I got an email from Kickstarter. Oh, this is my key for Mighty Number no. Nine. Cool, downloading, and that's about it. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't think it's going to be anything other than that because. They've been taking their sweet time with their pushback, so I yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I yeah I, I honestly I don't know what to expect from from um, E3 this year. E3, it's kind of weird. E3 for me, it's I remember it in 2000 and, um, uh, 2007 all the way to probably 2012. 
so three years in a row, I was uh, three, four years in a row. I was always excited to be here for E3, right? Like, man, uh-huh. E3 is coming. It was always an event for me. I would like stay at my place. Like I wouldn't go to like a school or work that day. Um, I would like sit in front of my computer with a bowl of cereal to stream it. Um, like it was, it was like my day, right? Like it was my week, my week of E3 was always exciting. I was always looking forward to it, but these past few years, like I've been, like I, like I've been trying to think, right? Like, Hey, there's even announcements here and there that I've really enjoyed. But other than that, like, I don't fully remember them. Like, actually, I, I would say that last year had a, a very strong showing, at least Sony did. I, I distinctly remember thinking that for the first time in a long, long time, I was really excited, you know, at coming out of Sony's conference, watching that and thinking that was solid front to back. Like they, they pulled out everything that they needed to and had been needing to for the last five years, because last year, you know, they, they finally showed again, last guardian, uh, final fantasy seven, which has been, you know, floating around as rumor and demand, and we want this, we want this for a fucking decade. Which, I, then, will, which uh, I will ask you a question about that, but go ahead. And then, you know, capping off with Shenmue 3, you know, which, again, has dropped off the map, as we were discussing earlier. But, you know, as far as an E3 showing goes, that's you've got three real strong pillars from front, the middle, and the end. And even everything in between, for the most part, was actually pretty good looking. Yeah. You know, like I said, the the dreams game looked really cool. They, you know, on last year we were looking at Unravel, and uh, if I Microsoft. was Unravel Microsoft. Yeah, I'm out of my head. I just I remember thinking was it Microsoft? No, no, it was EA. No, EA. EA conference. That was like pretty much the best thing throughout the whole conference was Unravel. Yeah. But, I mean, like I said, I just I remember thinking that, you know, that was a solid showing front to back Sony for the first time in years. And, you know, again, looking at Microsoft, half their show feels like filler, you know, like they're just filling it with non-exclusive crap from other publishers. It's like we we watch your show to see what you're bringing to the table and why we should get behind your system, you know, and they're they're not doing that. I will, I will say with Microsoft, like, I look forward to their Forza series, even though I haven't, like, really played it. There's something about the Forza series. I love their presentation, not with the dropping cars and all that other craziness. But, like, when they show, like, in-game and showing what that, like, the, how they're trying to go in the direction, I think that's very impressive. I do like they, their Forza stuff. Um, the HoloLens thing last year, I was really blown away with Minecraft. Just, like, that looks kind of cool on... Uh, you know, how they kind of use that sort of camera or whatever uh, to showcase it to see. I'm like, that that one was pretty cool. Uh, I think Microsoft kind of really focused last year more on indie games than they did uh, console games. Um, because with, so definitely with Sony and Microsoft, you know, they rely heavily on third party. So, you know, they, of course, they got to get the exclusive stuff, but... When it comes to them bringing out a lot of first-party stuff, I don't think both of them are not strong in that. Like, no, like not. when we look at the... Uh, well, uh, they used to be. 
Yeah, like the last order, eighteen, sixteen, or whatever that game was. Uh, that was a disaster. That was com- a complete disaster. Um, and th- nothing else besides Bloodborne for PlayStation Four has been strong enough. Now, I will say, with uh, me and Johnny Womack from the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce, uh, we have talked about uh, Horizon Red Dawn. You know, that was like it's impressive, and I like what the, where they're going, but I'm. I don't want to see that same boss battle over and over every time they display it. Um, uh, Quantum Dreams, uh, 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 latest game that they showed at the PlayStation Experience last year was beautiful. I thought that was kind of like the best showing out of everything besides Res. You know, I thought that was like very exciting. And hopefully they bring that to E3. Um, but we got to get some. I feel like personally for Microsoft and Sony, when they come to E3, they got to bring some titles and they got to bring some dates. Um, compared to Nintendo, Nintendo everybody's just expecting more of the index so you know and uh zelda you release date or more info about that so you know that's kind of separate but microsoft and sony like what do we have coming from them like like kind of from now until like the end of the year um just to sorry to counterpoint a a little bit there um not you edward uh, larry actually um, you were saying how uh, Sony had, you know, like a strong entry, a middle end, and stuff in between. Um, honestly, again, it, this comes back to my, I don't fully remember what happened at E3 last year. Like, besides Bethesda being a very strong showing on Sunday, most of E3, it's just like flew away from my head. Oh, on the um, uh, puppets on, uh, on the Nintendo side. <clears throat> Um, Shamu, I, I was going to say, the, a, those were great, and mad props to them for, you know, talking with uh, Henson to, uh, to get that happening. That was fucking awesome. I love exactly. That. See, those, those are the type of things that make me remember an, an E3, right? Huh. For, uh, from, Sony, from Sony, the thing that I remember was uh, Uncharted demo breaking. They had to restart it. <laughs> um, I remember uh, not <laughs> exactly. being about... It broke. It literally broke. It literally like, it broke. broke yeah, stage. yeah. It broke on a stage. That's it. That's the thing that I remember was, man, I can't believe this game is supposed to be out very soon and it's not done. That that was my thought, right? Like, I'm super excited for this game and it's not done. Like, it's unbelievable to me. But whatever. Um, the question for in a minute here. All right. Um, Shemun, I wasn't excited about it. Uh, I didn't grow up with the series to to have any you know emotional effect on me. But I was very mad about how, like, oh, yeah, by the way, there's a Kickstarter launching right now. Like, really? For a you Sony are, like, You're Sony. You have, you have beat pockets. You call back the, that entire game, but you want to see people's reaction first. Or if it doesn't get funded, then uh, we, we just won't give any money. Like, and, and I would tell you, and, and, and I would say this. If Nintendo <laughs> would have announced Earthbound 3... Over and then Sony shows Shimu three. I bet you Earthbound three would stand out more than uh, Shimu three does. Shimu one and two failed on on two consoles. It failed. So why would people be happy about that? They gotta pay for something when Sony's being the exclusive. Where Earthbound three, if it Earth, uh, Ryu broke Nintendo on Sunday. If Earthbound three was announced. That Wednesday, 
for immediate download at no Tuesday at the additional presentation, the service would have still been broke. I'm surprised that uh find the uh the cloud when they did the smash um the smash uh, the smash one i'm a lucky cloud didn't break the uh, the servers for nintendo you know i i then i think that's the stuff that you kind of want to see uh coming like the really biggest announcements like shimmer 3 yes that's that's a great announcement good for sony but when you added a kickstarter that becomes problematic Definitely yeah, when, like, like you it. said, Adrian, when you're a big company like that with big pockets, you're selling tons of PlayStation 4s. Yeah, right. it, it almost feels like we don't know if if this game is going to sell. Let's throw it out there. If people like it, cool. We'll, it will get funded and and we'll, you know, we'll publish it and stuff. But if it doesn't get funded, then, oh, guess what? We didn't lose any money on the investment. Like, ah. Uh, it was a weird way to manage it. I, I, I got really angry that last E3 because of that. I have a friend who is a very big Sony fanboy and a Shimu a fan, and I was like, you know what? Like, I, I can't even deal with you. I, I remember exiting the conversation and said like, I'm not this way to talk to for me. I put my phone down when I had a burger outside. <laughs> um, what else? You mentioned you mentioned a third game. Oh, Final Fantasy VII. Yes. My problem with Final Fantasy VII is how much people feel they're entitled to a remake. I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but everybody I, feels I, like you don't care about it. I feel like Sorry? it doesn't need a remake. Seriously. I never got into it. On oh, Final Fantasy VII? Yeah. yeah I no. attempt to play it, and it just didn't grab me. The, I, the one that grabbed me that was right around that same time period, though, that I did sink into RPG wise was Legend of Dragoon. Ah, <gasps> uh, yes, I need to finish the, that the one. The RPG from the PlayStation One that really captured me. Final Fantasy VII just didn't do it for me. And I, I, I like Final Fantasy VII because I played it at that time when it came out. But I don't think it needs the uh, remake. And then actually, instead of it being a remake, it's an episodic. I'm like, wait, that doesn't make sense. Well, it's a remake. They're just breaking it into chapters. But well, that's VS, though. They're all being developed by different people, no less. Yeah, exactly. Like that's 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 stupid. Like I I don't like that. I don't feel comfortable with that. I, you know, the thing with episodic contact as well, uh, content, is if you're an early adapter, then as soon as you finish chapter one, you have to wait for chapter two, which is fine. Sometimes you don't have time to just finish one game, so it will it will give you a reason to come back to it uh, throughout the year. But then they release something like this. Um, for people um, uh, listening, uh, because we're not—I don't think we're publishing the video version of this. I'm showing the uh, Life is Strange limited edition on Xbox One, which has, you know, like the soundtrack. It has an art book. Yes. It has the the developer commentary, which are very important to me. Plus all episodes of the game in just one disc. So <clears throat> when you're an early adopter, you're basically giving up. Like, oh, I'm buying every episode. Plus, if I want the collector's edition. I'll gotta buy it that later too. Like, oh, that's you know, that's kind of like a bitch slap on the face. So, and definitely for a role playing game, a role playing game, you wouldn't expect that to be episodic. Um, yeah, but if you, 
decision. Yeah, but it, I, I think people could want to argue or say, well, what about Golden Sun? You know, they broke that into two parts, and they, I'm like, but Golden Sun is a GBA game that's not episodic. They broke, you get a lot of contact with the first one, and then a couple of months later, you'll get the second one to complete a whole story. Where Final Fantasy, you have to wait probably for almost a year and a half to get the whole story how did you break up three discs worth of game content into episodes Th- that's too not much only, not only that not only that but golden sun was a matter of hey we can't fit this much into one cartridge correct we're still gonna make uh, the, the the way they saw it was like we either sacrifice graphics and game size to make it all fit into one cartridge or we go as big as we wanted with these as, as original intended, and we have two different stories. You see the story of the heroes at the beginning and of the villains becoming heroes later on on the second part, right? So there are two different things. While Final Fantasy VII, is, it's more of a... I mean, you can't tell me. You really can't tell me. You can't fit, uh, fit uh, everything you want on Final Fantasy VII on a 90... How much is a Blu-ray right now? Like 90 gigs? Yeah. Something Sizable. crazy like... Yeah, exactly. Like, don't BS me. You can't fit everything but, into I, there. And I think... And Larry, I'm going to ask you probably this. Uh, do you think that with it being episodic, it's going to be so much CG movie film than it is going to be actual gameplay? And is is that where we're really getting with uh with Final Fantasy VII? I think that with it being episodic, we're probably going to see less CG fill, and I think that they may be working more of what used to be CG uh, cutscenes from Final Fantasy VII, potentially into in-game story. And I think that might be part of it because with an episodic game, you know, you're what we what we look at as episodic games these days are usually, you know, I, I bought an episode and it's got maybe two to five hours worth of content. Yes. And, you know, it's 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 meant to be short and digestible, but also substantial and not a lot of filler. And I think that if they're going that route, that they need to definitely take a look and utilize that format and figure out how to take things that were non-interactive scenes and make them a playable part of the story so that you feel like you actually you're getting your money's worth out of, you know, this episode and not just, you know, getting something that's half filler and half playable. Um, well, what do you guys think of, like, how they, how Sony is going to present their E3? So do you think they need to show a lot of games and give a lot of dates and at the halfway point kind of talk about Final Fantasy? Because probably at the end of it, they'll probably speak about PlayStation VR. Um. And then, because we don't know what is the big game that they're going to bring out, like, to to end the show. Um, even with Microsoft, like, do they bring out a couple of games, speak about indie games, uh, talk more about their backwards capability, like, more games coming out for that. Um, and then they go HoloLens. And then do they have a ending game that's going to, like, like, break everything? Because, like, Gears of War 4, you know... Um, a uh, game informer has an exclusive story on it, and they'll probably show up more. Um, do you think they end the show with Gears of War Four? 
I think, first off, I think you almost nailed their entire show. I think the only thing that's not going to be in there is I don't think they're going to hit on HoloLens because Microsoft seems to, A, be shying away from looking at anything VR in terms of actually putting it on the market. Mm -hmm. B, Microsoft has a great track record of coming out and showing this really cool tech and going, this is the thing we're doing, and then it vanished. You know, let's let's look back at the uh, the Illuma room. You know, this is a great concept. I would have been all kinds of behind that shit. You know, but again, it was showed once and then vanished off the face of the earth because they didn't want to split. And it, it's not necessarily a bad thing. They just, you know, it's looking at it going, do we really split our market down? You know, by going, these people have it and these don't, or do we keep it nice and consolidated and say, you know, everyone that bought our system has the same hardware to work off of, and we don't have to try and figure out how to cater to two different audiences. So, but like I said, namely the biggest thing is that track record of vanishing tech demos. Do you think that the PlayStation... I think it... Oh, no, go on. Oh, did you think the PlayStation VR would follow that vanishing tech demo just the way they did that storybook concept that they had for PlayStation 3 and a little bit of move? Like, do you think that uh, when they showcase PlayStation VR... Um, does it vanish also because people are not going to support it? Like, do we get a price and a release date? Um, and will that be the big thing for Sony for E3? And that is that probably why we're not seeing many games or hearing many uh, announcements coming out. Uh, I 100% think, I 100% think um, VR, of, what's the name for, is it PlayStation VR? Yeah. The, the official one? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I yeah I, I totally believe it's gonna appear on the show this year. Um, you will pro- will probably get a release date and a price point. Um, mostly because Oculus is also coming out this year, right? Um, the uh, pre pre-orders are up already. They've been up for a while. I think you can get one by July or something like that. So if Sony wants to get on that market, it has to do it now because according to a poll done by IGN. Um, the only 15% of gamers are are adopting a VR this year. Now, 50, 15% of gamers are, it's quite a lot considering how big the uh, world is. Yes. Um, but if, if the Oculus comes out first, and I mean, it's already kind of expensive, uh, then yeah, the PlayStation VR is going to fall behind because if it's, if it's the same price as the Oculus, but... You also need a PlayStation 4 and moves, move controllers and the PlayStation camera and stuff. People are going to say, like, well, do eh, I really, really want it? Especially if it's coming out later in the year. It's like, mm, maybe not. Maybe I'll just get a Oculus. Uh, it will give me an excuse to have a very powerful gaming computer, which is actually more, it's way worthier than anything else than just a console, right? So, yeah, I don't know. But we'll see it. I'm pretty sure. 100% we'll see it. I think Sony's invested too much into the PlayStation VR to drop it. I, I know that media-wise, they are trying to push it. They're pushing it carefully because they don't want to blow their wad before E3, I think. Mm-hmm. But they're they're doing a, a very deliberate move, I think, to keep it in focus and saying that this is a thing, it's coming, we're not dropping it, 
be ready, you know, pinch your pennies. It's not going to be cheap, but you want to buy it. We want you to buy it. Do you think they need to, after E3, uh, do you guys believe they need to start traveling around different states, different game stops, and getting people's uh, experience with them more? Um, and not just at conferences like PAX or something like that. Like, really do like a 50 state tour and just be like, you know, um, come to these game stops and, you know, try out the PlayStation VR. Of course, the lines are going to be long and stuff, but you do, you think they need to get the, uh, get the hands on out there before, uh, they actually go to release? I think that's too expensive from a marketing perspective to do it, though. But you don't want to go in. You don't want to end up getting the PlayStation VR blindly, though, because this is something kind no, of kind of big. I agree. I agree. But by the time the PlayStation VR comes out, there will be uh, enough reviews out there and people with hands-on from events like PAX and uh, GDX and stuff like that that will hear a lot about it. Mm-hmm. Now, I I don't really care about reviews most of the time. For me, I think the most important point will be which game are you going to make that will make me buy a PlayStation VR, right? Well, everybody's so, saying like, I was... it's Res. Sorry? Everybody's saying it's Res. Uh, I don't know. Like, I, I was, um, and I don't know if you guys um, watch anime or not. I think, Edward, you may watch a little bit, um, but I don't know about you, Larry. Um, but there is a there is an anime called uh, Sword Art Online, which I, I, I don't like. It. Sword Art Online, I, I don't like the anime. It's I think the opening is really good. The story it's garbage, but it's a it's a it's an anime in which you basically go inside a game and then you get trapped, right? And everybody's using these VR helmets to interact with the world, and I thought that was really cool. Then. Um, uh, IBM did a teaser trailer basically saying like, hey, we're making this game with VR and Oculus and you can create your own character and interact and play just like in the anime. I was like, okay, that is actually kind of dope. So yeah. if they release if they release that game this year, holy crap, am I buying a VR? Like right now, right? That's day <laughs> one, I'll buy it. Well, other, other than that, like there is no games that are like are, – really that important uh to me honestly um maybe maybe no man's sky it will be cool to you know pilot a ship be able to look everywhere in the space while you know just relax on your chair when your ship is flying uh forward to a destination sipping your coffee and just looking everywhere in the space i thought i think that will be really cool but if if it but that that game is already not vr supported the developer said uh said so himself so what what game is are, are you guys gonna make that make me want to buy a PlayStation VR or an Oculus? You know what series could really uh, I think would be a great fit for anything VR just because like you said much like Sword Art Online just because of the nature of the series I, I'd like to see uh, Dot Hack come back around. Someone announced Dot that Hack, that yes. Dot Hack was coming back when it's like iOS Android. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like I said I think that's one that you know VR would be a, a great way to get back into Dot Hack. And that was yeah. a four game uh, episode <laughs> when that came out yeah, for PlayStation the, uh, 2. the first one was a four game, and I think the Dot Hack GU was a three game series, if I remember right. I believe so. Yes. 
All right. Wow. So my mid-sums again. So as we get close to closing, I just got I got to ask you guys just these two questions. Um, what are you more fearful of, the PlayStation VR and Hololens, or Nintendo mobile games? More fearful. Yes. Like, do you fear that Nintendo may fail in the mobile space genre, uh, um, gaming space, or would they succeed? Or will PlayStation and Microsoft, uh, you know, uh, fail with their VR? Like, which one do you fear for most? No, I think I think Nintendo, uh, it's going to bring it out of the park. Just with Pokemon Go, it's a safe lock. And I know they're not being the developers, but they have the publishing rights and they're behind the project. So whatever money Pokemon Go makes... Some of that money is going towards Nintendo, and you'll be damn sure it's going to be a lot of money. Um, so I'm not fearful about that. I will say, yeah, HoloLens and uh, PlayStation VR, um, as long as they don't show me something that I really want to play. Although a micro, um, Minecraft with HoloLens actually looks kind of cool, but I think I will get bored of it uh, fairly quickly um, if they don't show much. So. I think that, honestly, no matter what happens either direction with Nintendo's new mobile stuff, it's it's not going to make a... It's not going to break them if it fails miserably. You know, if it does well, then gay. If it doesn't, then for them, I think it's a small side shoot off of, you know, their mainstay of what they're doing. I, I really think that the big elephant in the room for them is do they move the new Zelda to the NX. That's what I... Do we get twilighted again? That discussion, no. I think we'll have for the next episode. So I will write that down keep that in mind. Uh, my last question to you guys is that uh, with, e, uh, with E3 just coming around the corner within uh, like three more months, uh, yeah, about three more months, do you think that we should be like looking forward to any of the conferences of being the best conference as a renter, or do we just be happy that whatever they show is going to interest interest us and we're going to have a big discussion about it? Like it gives us gives us more option to look for for the fall and winter for games. I think that the way that they present themselves makes a big difference in terms of impact. You know, you could show a whole lot of great games, but if you're not showing it in a way that gets me excited, like you're showing me footage of, you know, somebody walking around in Shenmue, not doing anything. then I don't care, you know, show me at least some snippets of the cool bits. Put some <clears throat> up in your presentation. And for God's sakes, don't sit there and fill it with bull crap. Like, Sony is one to do with we sold this many units this year. We're going to sell you this many. I don't want a numbers presentation at my E3 show. Knock that shit off. Stop it. Yeah, like, why? Honestly, why would it share? Like, that's a press release email that you can send to big magazines, right? Yes. Yeah, this is how much we've sold. that shit out every year for E3. Yeah, like, why are you wasting... 30 seconds to a minute in a presentation that it's very tied to, you know, how much time you have. 
why would you waste it on 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 financials? That's 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 just stupid, really. But just a brag, I think. Yeah. Uh, I well, know we'll probably see more psychonauts too. Um, that I cannot wait. That I I'm really looking forward to. Like I said, we'll probably see more Quantum Dreams game. Um, I feel very fearful for uh, PlayStation VR. I don't think it's gonna do anything for the system. Um, I like you, Adrian. I kind of have faith in Nintendo that they'll pretty like bring out some quirky uh, mobile games. That uh, if I had to fear anything about the mobile games, is that it'll take away from my 3DS. But then I st- I remember Dragon Quest Seven, Dragon Quest Eight, and other great games come to that system. So I'm I'm kind of set for the rest of the year and whatever they got for E3. Um, I I just feel like definitely I look forward to E3. I always. Um, like I personally do like who's the winner and I usually always give it to Nintendo, uh, cause I get happy and I clap cause this, some, some of their stuff is very creative. Um, I think this year it's probably going to be, uh, it's going to be big for all three. Um, maybe Square Enix might be better this year if they return. Um, Ubisoft is going to be very predictable. There's Tom Clancy, Just Dance and, uh, whatever animal games. Assassin's Creed. Well, they're, they're not doing Assassin's Creed this year, so... Um, oh, they announced like a... Assassin's Creed for next year. Yeah. Uh, uh, Ubisoft, there's a rumor floating, and I'm curious to see what you guys think. There's a rumor floating that Nintendo may be picking up Beyond Good and Evil 2. Do you think we see it this year at E3? No, we nah. don't. I don't I think, think so. Nintendo's going to do... I don't think Nintendo was planning to do business with Ubisoft. Yeah, they've been screening Nintendo a lot lately. Yeah. So, and I think the way that Ubisoft has to be doing their games and treating their gamers, I don't think it's it's worth it. Like Nintendo has actually made Platinum and Nemco actually look bigger in the spotlight, and they talked about that people want more of their games. But Ubisoft, it's, it's everybody's been talking bad about Ubisoft because you had Uni- Assassin's Creed Unity broken. People don't want to play the Assassin's Creed no more. They're telling telling them to calm it down uh people were upset that raymond ledgers got delayed so they could do whatever watchdogs 2 was i mean watchdogs was a disappointment like ubisoft has they could they come out big and bold and talk but it's been kind of a letdown at the end with their releases now the division is getting good has gotten good sales and i'm glad for that they did a, a beta it really worked out good for them you know as a you know lucky for them for as ip um but I like I don't think Nintendo is ready to do business with Ubisoft. Even though Ubisoft kind of supported them with the Wii U, I think the way that Ubisoft treated the Wii U was kind of uh, was like bad on their part. Like delaying Watch Dogs and delaying Rayman Legends, and just like when we got those games coming to the system, they didn't really do anything for it. Like they didn't give us, uh, they didn't make it special. Um, so I don't think Nintendo's going to do anything for Good and Evil, Good, uh, Good and Evil Two, especially when the first one didn't sell well. Now I will say this though, it will work well in Microsoft's favor to do it than Nintendo would, because Ubisoft really bigged up the division for Microsoft for Xbox One, and I think that's a good exclusive. Um, 
like they did Tomb Raider, I think that's a big exclusive for Microsoft because I think they would need it more uh, to help them get more sales for the console than uh, Nintendo would. Like, Nintendo, like, to me personally, Nintendo would do better more with Atlas, Capcom, Nemco, and, um, and Platinum. Just those four. Because Nintendo has worked well with all those other companies. Um, I don't think Ubisoft would work well with Nintendo. I think they would, they, they rather, uh, Ubisoft would rather work well with Microsoft for Beyond Good and Evil 2. I wonder if, though, Nintendo might not push it just for a, a couple of reasons. One, because, you know, Ubi has been trotting this out, dangling it as the carrot on the stick for years now, buy this game so we can fund Beyond Good and Evil 2. And I think if Nintendo were to trot it out, that would work well for both of them. Because it, it really showed, you know, when they did that with Bayonetta, you know, it showed it's like we we want to garner some, some, you know, favor with the, the gaming public out there and grow our audience a little. Bayonetta might not be our core audience, but let's lure some of those people to our system because we're the ones that stepped up and said, we'll make it happen when nobody else will. And I think they could do that again with Beyond Good and Evil 2. You know, in addition, I think it might be a way for them to say, you know, all right, let's let's maybe build a bridge here because Ubi's obviously not that interested in putting anything into it. So if Nintendo says, we'll handle it, you know, you can still stick your name on it and, you know, receive some benefit for it. Just, you know, let us help fund it and make it go. So it comes to light as long as it's on our system that might build some good relations with Ubi and encourage them to actually, you know, put a little more spotlight on and a little more care into what they bring over to Nintendo. I, 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 I agree with you. Yeah, I agree. I think what would happen is, is that if that does happen and Nintendo puts more people on there on uh, Beyond Good and Evil, I think that will probably surpass any other title that Ubisoft releases. Like, you will see a difference in the quality. You will be like, oh my goodness, this game is actually better than half of the games Ubisoft themselves work on. And there's no problems with it. I'm having fun, and it's creative. Look at look at Platinum. After they, you know, after Platinum worked with Nintendo on Bayonetta 2, Compared to play, uh, Platinum working doing the uh, that one game for Activision, the uh, off of the uh, that anime um, uh, with the girl, I cannot think of it. Uh, uh, it, it you know, it was kind of bad. Um, look at Trans- Look at Transformers Devastation. Like you could see, probably Nintendo's influence on pl- with Platinum with them working so well, like. I would believe that Nintendo would work with Platinum to get a Vanquish 2 out over Ubisoft getting a Beyond Good 2 out on NX. Like, I believe that would happen more. I could see it. I just, you know, part of me wants to get my hopes up and think that, you know, it it could be lurking in the wings, and I I think there could be some benefit to it all the way around. Well, if it does happen, I'll buy it, of course, because it's Nintendo, so... Yeah, I'm not biased when it comes to Nintendo. (laughs) 
I know, I know. But thank you guys uh, for uh, excellent discussion. Uh, this is episode one of World One One Podcast. Um, I want to hear what you guys think, or we want to know what you guys think of the podcast, and what's your expectations for E3 for Microsoft and Sony, or even if you want to talk about Nintendo NX, or just have any ideas, you can email the show at myop2comment at yahoo.com. That's M-Y-O-P, the number two, C-O-M-M-E-N-T at yahoo.com. We will have a world one one uh email address uh coming soon so please be on the lookout for that larry where can we find you at or do you have any plugs that's it facebook i'm there larry is always right giver um i'm out there i'm obnoxious i'm a little offensive so if if you're not ready for it don't don't click the friend button (laughs) trust me (laughs) and adrian where can we find you and would you like to plug something um, follow or go to the first machine.com. Uh, that's uh, my company's website. Yay. We're working on uh, Tuna Cycle right now, and we probably have a couple of announcements uh, coming soon. Uh, so that's very exciting. Uh, very exciting time. Very tiresome time. For yeah, I developer. hear that you guys are getting ready to announce, uh, getting ready to release Puzzle Puzzle Puzzle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you have to check Russian uh, Force But no, yeah, check, check, check that out. We're on every uh, social media, the first machine on everything except Twitter because Twitter doesn't allow 15 characters, only 14 for some reason. So it's uh, first machine only. Uh, follow me on Twitter personally. Uh, my personal account is uh, Bahox. That's B O J O X Z. You can just follow me there. And you can uh, find me on Twitter at that retrocode, T-H-A-T-R-E-T-R-O-C-O-D-E. I have a podcast called Optional Opinion, where you can find that on SoundCloud and the Anomalous Radio Network dot Podbean dot com. Um, you can also find us on the NVC Video Game Book Club, where this month we're playing Pokemon. And I cannot wait for what we'll be playing in April. Um, we do have a hangout coming out where we'll have a discussion. So hopefully you guys will be able to join us um is there anything else what you guys like to say uh you know this episode one anything you know that you guys like to say or anything we we plan on making these a weekly podcast uh we're gonna talk about i mean as much as we can about the gaming world and i mean hopefully you'll enjoy and stick around we'll try to be everywhere if possible uh if we can get enough traction i'll try to build a website for us going to have that going too um so yeah yeah just stay tuned all right and we are out bye bye Bye.